0: No room for lone rangers in the kingdom of God, as we'll see next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. We hear it all too often, sad to say, those who would say, oh, God knows my heart, I don't need to go to church, I worship God in my own way, well, all right, but God says he needs to be worshiped in a specific way, and it's with a group of people, it's not good that man should be alone. We're looking at the danger of isolation today from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, join us as we see the need for community with times of refreshing. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Let's spend some time together in God's Word. Our teacher and pastor now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon.
1: One of the things that happens for us as we begin to mature and walk with God and really get an understanding of who God is, one of the things that happens is as God begins to give us insight into His ways. His ways. The, one of the things we want to do is we want to learn the ways of God the Lord how does God do things how does he go about doing things Moses the Bible said knew God's ways he could sit back and he cannot anticipate this is what God would do because through his experiences and for us through the word of God we see very clearly there's a way in which God does things and I've been preaching on this a little bit because it, it when you get to a place of maturity you can really start to see this is this is God's structure This is how he does things. This is how he operates. He's God. He shows you and he gives you insight into his person and what he likes and what he doesn't like to do. And for us, one of the things that I'm very, very well aware of is that God is a God who does not like people to be isolated. Isolation for people and especially for the people of God is very, very dangerous and so I want to talk to you all this morning about the danger of isolation. The danger of isolation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. One verse. God has created the, the heavens. He's formed the earth. For six days we see him creating and fashioning and the stars and the moon and everything putting it into place. And he creates man on the sixth day. And it says here, In verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be what? I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, generally, when we look at that verse, we only see this as a matrimony issue. But it's not just a matrimony issue. It is a a human issue issue it is it is mankind man was not designed God did not design man to just be alone and obviously marriage is good and all those other things but if you're not married we have to keep in mind that just because you're not married does not mean that now my I'm 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 separated to isolation and I should always be alone so God did not design this thing for us to be alone to be loners To be reclusive to be out there by ourselves and the thing that i love about this and and i just love how god does things is you know although it is not just a marriage issue we also have to keep in mind that when you're thinking about god listen to what he says he says he says very clearly here it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper. Now, watch this comparable to him. Now, this is, this is amazes me because here you have the God of the universe, the God who knows everything. And he's saying, in essence, what he's saying from a relational standpoint, me by myself, I'm not enough. He could have easily said, I'm going to go down there, spend time with them. I'm going to be their buddy, and we're going to hang out all day. He said, no, 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 no. He's saying from a relationship standpoint, I need somebody that's comparable. I'm different than him. I'm created. I mean, I have never been created, but my essence and my being is just a little bit. I want to make somebody more like him that he can relate to, that he can become close to, and that he can get to know, and that could be a helper in his life. And so what happens to us is we realize that, yes, God, we love God and we know God, but God's ways and his system is designed that not only do we connect with God, but we connect with other people. And unfortunately, individuals have developed and we're going to see this with getting to the scriptures have developed an isolation mentality or me and God and no one else. But when people start to talk like this, I really understand that they don't know. They really don't know God the way that they should know God, because when you know God, you know that God will always put you in the company of people or allow you to be connected with people or someone because it is not good that man be what alone i'll make him someone a helper comparable to him that can relate to relate to him god is first and he has a preeminence in our life but god himself says that i need to connect you with somebody else and this is how god's system really works and we should enjoy this we should embrace it We should thank God for it, and we have to learn to break isolation in our lives. There are times and moments in our lives where we we do need to get away with ourselves. We need to get everybody gets, yeah, I need to just get alone for a little while. But if we continually make it our lifestyle that we don't like people, then we have to stop and ask ourselves, you know, what kind of relationship, what am I doing? Is Am I really walking with God? I mean, God wants me. God will always connect us because he said it wasn't good. Now, sometimes that's going to mean marriage. Sometimes sometimes it's going to mean God brings the right kind of people into your life, the, the right kind of church into your life. But the issue here is if I'm constantly finding myself in a position where I'm isolated, I have to stop and say, wait a minute, what is going on here? Lord, I should not be always alone. Can I have an amen? Now watch this. Go to Psalm 68, verse 5 to 6, and this will also help us. Psalm 68, verse 5, verses 5 and 6. It says in verse 5, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God In his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in what? In families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious, rebellious, he says, dwell in a dry land. God sets or establishes, fixes people that are solitary. This word here, solitary, in the Hebrew, it means alone. It means people that are lonely. It is frequently used to refer to an only child. He takes a person like this and he sets them into families. And for us, one of the best things about, this is why I love local churches, because God, he calls his church the family of God. And God takes people. That maybe are wandering in a dry land. Maybe in a tough situation that are out there kind of figuring out. And he begins to establish them. Set them in the family. And he causes us to overcome when it comes to solitary living. And, and I'll just say this. Uh, he, he breaks off of us this me, myself, and I mentality. And he helps us to realize that we are part of something greater than just ourselves. But he sets the solitary into families. You would be surprised how many people feel alone. How many people live their lives lonely, their whole lives. And that they think that the only, only thing that they need in some cases or only people that they have is, are themselves. But God's system is designed that, yes, you need me, but you also have to allow me to set you in the family. You have to embrace this aspect of what God is doing. We have to, of what God is doing in our lives. And we have to enjoy it and know that this is part of what God does. He is a father of the fatherless. He is a defender of widows, verse 5. He is the God who is in his holy habitation. This same God, he sets all of us that are solitary in our lives. He sets us in the families. And he causes us to understand the value of being said. The family may not be perfect. But you're not perfect. The people that God brings into your life may have different personalities than you like. Some of them are a little louder than you like. Some of them are a little quieter than you like. God has, there's, there's unity and diversity We understand there's different ways in which people function and live and and have their lives. But yet, God, he takes me with all my idiosyncrasies, my preferences, and all the things that I have that are about my personality that maybe you may not like and that person may not like. And he says, I want you to hang out with this person. And get to love a side of a person that maybe you do not have, but it is good and it helps to see. And you can see God in that personality and God in that personality and God in that person's life and God in that person's life. Because God's not just in your life or in my life. And God chooses people. Some of them are tall. Some of them are small. Some are a little thicker. Some are a little skinnier and he loves us all didn't we just sing that but we have to embrace that that in all in all god doesn't want me to be a solitary person he wants me to be in the family and he's designed this thing so that i would have god but i would also have people in my life why because god said it's not good for me to be alone can i have an amen Now, the danger in being alone is found in 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 6 on down to 9. And I think this is really the stuff that I wanted to kind of get to when we think about all this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 9. Let's look at verse 5. He says here in verse 5, he says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Then he says this, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood he says brotherhood in the world and so this is the dangerous thing about isolation and i talked about this a couple weeks ago one of the things that the devil the bible likens the devil to a to a lion and any any lion if they're going to hunt their prey, they're gonna find for the one that's they're gonna find the one that's isolated, or they're gonna look for the one that is injured in some way. And this is one of the things that we have to be mindful of. God is a God that wants us to be a part of the pack. Stay in the pack. Stay in the pack. When the devil gets you isolated, what he will do is, is begin to beat you and I up. He'll begin to try to bring confusion and he'll try to isolate us so that he can eventually take us out. This thing is not designed for us to do it alone. God always will bring people. Even when Elijah said, Master, I'm the only one. I'm the only prophet left. He said, man, I have 7,000 that haven't bowed to the knee of Baal and these false gods. You're not the only one. And so we have to get it in our minds that I'm not the only one. This same type of of temptation in the same way in which the devil is trying to take us all out. It's happening to the brotherhood in the world. But the issue here is, am I an individual that's willing to stop and say, I will not allow the devil to isolate me? There's a couple things that he'll use to, to get you isolated. He's seeking individuals, number one, who are offended. Offense will cause you to isolate yourself. Isolate yourself from your family. Isolate yourself from the family of God. Isolate yourself, you know, on your job. Isolate yourself with friends that love you. When people get offended, they tend to draw back and they start isolating themselves. I'm not going to hang out with them no more. And a lot of times, generally, if they're offended because somebody didn't give them what they wanted or do something. And so we cannot allow offense to grip our hearts and to cause us to pull back to the point where we begin to isolate. It is dangerous. Allow God to heal your heart. All of us have to do that. And learn to forgive people quickly can I have an amen don't let bitterness set in and anger set in and resentment set in and hatred set in and then the next thing you know I can't go I'm not I hate those people I, I'm not getting around. and then what happens is we start to isolate especially from people that really love you but but we realize people can love you but they're not perfect so sometimes they're going to get on your last nerves can I have an amen So you smile, shake it off, dust it off, forgive them, and keep on doing what God said to do. Amen? But never isolate yourself, saints. People get isolated because of offense. The devil prays on this. Or rejection. People allow rejection to get a hold of them. They get offended. And the next thing you know, the devil, he plays on us feeling rejected. What nobody loves me, and and they didn't care, and and this. And we start telling ourselves this stuff, and we pull back. And when we pull back, the devil says, Okay, I'm almost getting them. I'm almost getting them where I want them. Never allow the spirit of rejection to overtake you. The woman who wanted her child delivered from from bondage, Jesus said, It is not meet to give the children's breads to the dogs. She didn't get offended. She didn't feel rejected. She said, well, just give me some crumbs. Can I have an amen? She didn't, she didn't run away. Well, how dare he? He said, I thought he was loving. She didn't get rejected. Oh, you can call me whatever you want. All I know is I need my miracle. Can I have an amen? And it's a shame because sometimes this happens in the church. When people pull back, they do things like that. But, but I, I've, I've, I've noticed that people will walk away from a church Faster than their walk away from their job. I'm not. I need to jump off this. I got about two amens up in here. We're going to lay this down because we got to realize rejection. Don't allow rejection to get you isolated. The devil, will he's walking around looking for people. And who can he devour? Pride will cause a person to isolate themselves. Now watch this. Guilt will cause a person to isolate themselves. This person gets into the sin, they start doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and, and yes, God is mad. And yes, your church should be mad. And yes, you should be mad but you don't pull away. You run to God. You never run away from God. Amen. You run to the people of God. And I, and I want to say this, if you're, if you've messed up and you sin, you did whatever you do. Hey, your expectation is if I come before pastor, pastor's going to be mad, but pastor's going to wrap his arms around me. He's going to love me. He's going to see me get redeemed and restored. And he's going to see me get up and go off on my merry old way. Can I have an amen? I think what happens is, is we feel guilt and then we run away and then we say, ah, you know, and we have to learn that, man, my expectation is if this is something I did, man, I got to own it. And it's, is are people going to say, what's up with you? Yes, they are. And they should. The same way you look at other people, but people feel guilty and then they get off. And then the devil comes in and says, oh, don't go back there why are you seeking jesus anymore just you know he doesn't love you anymore the church doesn't love you nobody cares and and you know just go on you know at least they accept you over here but the devil knows how to isolate us and then take us out we have to learn to not be ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices amen guilt and shame shame causes people to isolate gets them away and then ultimately One of the things that causes isolation is our own agenda. A lot of times people, when they have their own agenda, they'll isolate. I'm going to show you a verse here. When the person has their own agenda, they don't want anybody to find out about it. And so they isolate and they disappear for a while so they can try to make it happen. Now, generally, when it blows up, they come running back, calling their friends and wanting to be a part of the pack or get Close to people again, but when people have their own agenda, this is another means for people isolating and separating. You have to be, if your agenda you know it's from God, you'll always run it by people in your life that you trust and that know can help you with wisdom. Can I have an amen? We need to make sure if you're finding in your spirit that you're wanting to do something and you don't want to tell anybody, you have to stop and say, God, help me. If this it may not be God moving in this because God. The Bible says very clearly, in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. There's safety in that. When people have their own agenda, they isolate. Well, the devil, he loves to get people like this. Isolated. And it's dangerous. Never forget that we have a foe. And his job is to separate us from the pack. To get us isolated. When we get out of that, the devil doesn't know what to do with you when you're willing to get counsel and get insight and to have have God speak to you. And not just in your hearing, but through other people. Can I have an amen? This is what we need. Now watch this. Go to Proverbs 18. Look at verse 1. Proverbs 18, verse 1. We see offense and rejection and pride and guilt and shame own agenda. And we see this here in verse 1. He says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. The word is the word, y'all. Can I have an amen? I mean, that's what he said. And so we see here. A person, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. I don't want to have anybody tell me no. So I'm going to separate and I'm going to do my thing and because I have my own desire and me and God are going to work this out. But the way God's system is designed Is that we should always have people in our lives that can give us wise judgment. But people rage against wise judgment when they have their own desire. Instead of stopping and saying, wait a minute, I'm a part of a company. And God does not desire for me just to be alone. He puts the isolated or the the individuals like, he says he puts them in the families. And for us, we have to embrace this. And thank God that he's looking for people that are in a solitary situation to say, no, 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 no. I got to break out of this because God puts, takes the solitary and places them in the families. And within the families, there's a system of protection that's helped, that's, uh, that's released and designed to help me to make decisions. But people, you watch this. When they start wanting to do their own thing, they'll isolate. Nobody going to tell me now. Nah. I'm a man. What well, my wife don't know nothing about. What's she talking about? What this? What he taught? He doesn't know. I know God too. I don't need nobody to. But that's. It's a sign you don't know God. God's ways are different. Isn't it amazing how God is a tripartite being. In the in in the sense that he is a Trinity. That. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit always work in concert to accomplish purpose in the earth. Jesus didn't just come down. The Father sent him down. Then Jesus does not just do his ministry by himself, but John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and the Holy Spirit descends upon the Lord. And the Father speaks from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God is a team he works together as a team he's teaching us the value of team he's teaching us the value of doing things together and we see that even the heavens and the earth that were created and we see the father and the son and the holy spirit working in concert to fashion the stars and the moons and the heavens and the sun and and all these things together and so if he's giving us this example how much more should we have this example in our lives i'm not going to isolate myself
0: You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message At 1030 in the morning, Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord, just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.